Hello, and welcome to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast, recorded live weekly at our campus in Scottsdale, Arizona, during our normal service. John Chubb, and I'm happy to be preaching with you uh, together. Um, hopefully, we've all come out of our turkey-induced food comas for the week, uh, as we are now entering the season of Advent. Uh, and Advent, as a reminder, is the four-week period uh, that leads up to the Christmas season, and it's a time that we kind of do things maybe a little bit differently. Uh, maybe we do some special things to help celebrate during this season. Um, as you know, as we saw earlier, we have the Advent candle. Each week we'll be lighting one more as we get closer to Christmas. That's a thing a, a lot of churches do, and I'm, I'm glad that we uh, participate in that uh, thing. Um, we'll also, as a reminder, be decorating after the service, so stick around and help make our space merry and bright. Um, as a reminder, we have some foods to be eating as well, lots of, lots of things to eat, so please stick around for that. Um, but this year, uh, we're also going to be using some special artwork um, in, our, in our church life as well. I put a link to this in, the week, in my weekly email, um, but we've acquired the rights to use a faith-based artist. His name is Scott Erickson. Uh, his online handle is Scott the Painter. Um, and so he did a series on Advent, these pictures on Advent of 15 different paintings uh, that brought out some things that he found meaningful. And so we're going to be using some of his material uh, during the adult Sunday school uh, hour for the next month. And we'll also be hanging, hanging some of his art in the uh, back of the sanctuary as well. And so I would encourage you, if you're not familiar with him, to check out his art. Uh, you can find him online. He's a fairly popular artist, especially with uh, millennials and uh, Generation Z. And so each of the art pieces that will be hanging on the back actually has a little QR code in the, in the bottom corner. You can scan it and kind of read some uh, reflections on, on kind of what his, his art meant to him and why he was inspired to, to draw it. And so, you know, as we're entering though this season of Advent, I was like, okay, we got four weeks. So that means I could do a new four-week sermon series. And so um, I was um, kind of uh, thinking about that. And as I was kind of looking at Scott's artwork, I realized, oh, hey, there's like a lot of good stuff here. I could probably use some of his material, kind of be inspired by that. And so we're going to be uh, using some of his artwork as I kind of uh, preach through themes that are present in the Christmas story. And so we're going to look at four different themes, four different ideas uh, that we see from uh, the Christmas story as found in Luke and Matthew, and kind of fleshing out some introspective thoughts on them. And so the uh, first theme that we're going to look at is uh, from Luke's gospel in chapter 1, uh, where he writes in verse 34, uh, How will this be, uh, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And so this morning, we're going to look at the theme of virgin birth, something that we see in the original Christmas story. Uh, what does that, uh, what can we say about that? What kind of meaning and value does that have for our lives, uh, the virgin birth? As always, we start with prayer, so uh, please uh, pray with me. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful uh, for your word. We are thankful for the truth of your word in its original context. We're thankful for the truth of your word throughout the ages, and we're thankful for the uh, truth of your word for us here and now today. Uh, we're thankful for artists that help inspire us to look at things differently as well. Uh, this morning, I uh, pray that I, as I preach uh, your word, I would preach your truth. If I say anything that's not of you, let that be forgotten. 
uh, but we pray that you'd be brought glory and honor and that we'd learn to better be your disciples as a result. Amen. All right, so the idea of virgin birth, it's something that we find both in Matthew and Luke's uh, Gospels. Uh, both of them touch upon this idea. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we see Jesus highlighting this idea by referencing uh, the prophet Isaiah. Uh, but we also see it in Luke's Gospel as well. We see that an angel appears to a virgin in Nazareth in Galilee. Um, and there's actually two references uh, to this word. And we also see Mary's response to all of this. She hears this word from the angel that you are going to have a son. And, you know, she's rightly a bit puzzled uh, because despite being in the ancient world, they still understood a thing or two about biology and how child, uh, childbirth works and all that kind of stuff. So she's a bit puzzled, and she says, how will this be uh, since I'm a virgin? And so Mary is described by this word in Luke's gospel. She uses the term for herself, and we see this theme echoed in, in Matthew's gospel as well. And so this concept, it shows up in the original Christmas stories, but really, like, outside of that, we don't see this idea coming up anywhere else. Uh, we read the original Christmas stories in Matthew and Luke. We see that re being referenced there, but it's not really talked about in the rest of the New Testament. Um, however, when it comes to the idea of the virgin birth, when we talk about general Christian theology, uh, we have this idea that God or that Jesus was both fully God and fully human. Uh, that he was fully human and fully God. And that's, I think, what the virgin birth helps us point towards. Uh, that Mary was his mother, but that God was his true father, with Joseph being his uh, father while here on earth. And that's a unique idea that we find in the Bible. It's kind of a unique thing that Christianity teaches. It's an idea that I believe in. It's an idea that Christians throughout the ages have also believed in and kind of uh, talked about and, and, and put forth as well. And normally when we talk about this, normally when we throw out this idea, uh, normally when we say like, oh, we believe in the virgin birth or that's a thing that's in the Bible, uh, normally the, uh, the conversation is centered around the idea of orthodoxy. That's, that's normally where the conversation goes. It's normally uh, saying like, hey, we believe in this thing, and then they, we kind of like press into our theology and why we believe this thing. And in, in the 2,000 years of Christian history, we have all kinds of doctrinal statements that different groups have put out. We have various creeds. We have all kinds of denominations and groups and movements. Um, and often including something about the virgin birth is part of that conversation. And there is very much value in this. I think there's a time and a place for sorting out your theology. Um, but again, most of the time when we're talking about this idea, it's centered around the idea of like, hey, man, you have to like believe in this thing. You have to have this idea uh, perfectly figured out. And you have to kind of sign some kind of statement of faith or something like that that kind of makes sure that you're, you know, historically uh, within like the Orthodox Church. Um, now, where it gets interesting, I like to look to different groups and kind of see like what, what other faith perspectives bring in, in, into play. Um, what's interesting to me is if we were Catholic, um, part of our belief structure would be the idea that not only was uh, uh, Mary a virgin when Jesus was born, but that, that she continued in this state uh, for the rest of her life. Um, so that's something that, that Roman Catholicism teaches. We're not Catholic, though, so I'm not going to push this idea on you. If that's something that you like, and you're like, yeah, I think I can get behind that idea, like, that's totally fine. You are completely allowed to believe that if you want to. I think we could certainly have a fascinating conversation around that, uh, that concept. Um, but 
you know, we're part of a faith stream that has typically downplayed the, the emphasis on theology, though. Uh, we've, we've historically prided ourselves as being non-creedal. That, like, the, we, we believe in the New Testament, and we're kinda not going to tell you what that means. We just believe in the New Testament. And so our faith tradition has almost taken the opposite approach in that we tend to shy away from some of these conversations or kind of shy away from like making you sign off on this stuff that you believe. Now, like most things in life, I, I think it's important to have a sense of balance on things. It's good to have balance. It's good to have a theology that you can understand, you know, what you believe and why you believe that thing. But you can always push that to a degree where you start to exclude others as you continue to refine and purify your theology. And that's often what happens. We have these beliefs that we write out, and then we continue to refine them and kind of push others away in the process. And so our brethren ancestors saw some of the abuse that happened in this world, saw some of the negative things that occur when you push your theology to an extent that you push others away in the process. And they were like, well, let's just take the opposite approach. And so their approach was, let's not overly stress about this. Let's not, like, let's not worry if people disagree about this or try to get people to sign on to this. You know, that, that's kind of our approach that we've taken historically. Um, but the virgin birth, it's part of the Christmas story. It's something that we see there. It's, it's a detail uh, that's mentioned in both Matthew and Luke's take on the story. And so I would put forth that, if nothing else, it's worth having a conversation about. It's worth putting some amount of energy into talking about and wrestling with and like thinking through. Um, but I would also uh, prefer the conversation not just be centered around like us all having to sign off on some sort of doctrinal statement that we all believe the exact same thing. And so, you know, so with this in mind, like what can we take from this detail to the story? What kind of value do we find there? What kind of meaning uh, does that have for us? What can, what's something that maybe we, we can't all get on board with and agree with? Well, I was kind of wrestling with that idea this week, and I, I think it's important for us just as, as, uh, as, we, as we talk about things to stay grounded in the fact that as humans— we are a series of contradictions and paradoxes. I think that's part of what it means to be human. To be human is to be complex, and at times we are inconsistent with like how we go about life. And so I love going to farmer's markets. I love buying locally raised organic vegetables. I think you know that. We grow vegetables in our backyard. Um, here's a picture of something that we won the other day. Well, Kara, actually, my wife, she won this in a raffle at the farmer's market. They're having like an eight-year anniversary, and so she put her name in the, in the basket, and she, she actually won this prize of all kinds of goodies and everything, um, including this weird like mushroom tincture stuff that's supposed to be really good for you. Um, and so I'm very excited to try this. It's supposed to help you stay focused. It's something I probably wouldn't, I don't know how much it costs. I probably wouldn't buy it because it probably costs more than I would want to spend on it. But it's like, hey, we got it for free. Let's try this thing. If it gives you some more energy or kind of helps your thoughts a little bit, like kind of focus your thoughts, absolutely. That's a great thing. I'm excited about that. Um, at the same time, as much as I love this, I also love per perusing certain junk food accounts on Instagram. And I love seeing just the wild, crazy, bonkers stuff that food scientists can come up with. And so one thing I discovered recently, when it comes, oh man, anticipation. Can we go to the next slide, please? Oh man. Next slide, we got a picture to show. Everyone's waiting in anticipation. Can we advance the slide deck, please? Uh-oh. 
You guys are so excited about what I'm about to show you guys. Next slide, please. So not only do I love organic vegetables and buying stuff like that, what I also love is, oh man, this is like the most, it is not working. Oh my goodness. All right, well, we'll continue without the slide deck. So I don't have a picture of this, but one thing that I learned exists this week, and this, you guys, oh, here we go. You're ready for this. Uh, Caesar salad flavored candy canes are also a thing that exists. And when I found out about that, I was like so excited. To be clear, I have not purchased them just yet, but I may, uh, I may well do that. And this company makes all kinds of other crazy flavors. They make like kale flavored ones. They make mac and cheese flavored ones. But Caesar salad candy canes, that is where my brain went to. And so that's a silly example of a paradox in my own life. But I think when we're all honest with ourselves, we can point to things that just we're inconsistent with, with how we function. And I think that, you know, and I think that if we don't have that, if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm perfectly consistent in, in all areas of my life. If you, if you don't think you live by that inconsistency, then I would say maybe have a conversation with someone you live with. They will point out maybe some of the areas that you're inconsistent with. If you think like, no, 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 I'm perfectly consistent in all things all, at all times, talk to someone you work with who spends 40 hours, of work, uh, 40 hours a, uh, a week with you. Like they will point uh, to areas that you are being inconsistent. And I think that, you know, all of us, like we want to have moral guidelines with how we function. And yet we can also recognize we don't live up to those guidelines or they can maybe be inconsistent. Uh, but to be human is, means that we're bound by space, we're bound by time, and we live in this finite world we find ourselves. And as people living in this current day and age, we understand that we're bound by certain principles. We're, we're bound by scientific rules. We're bound by scientific guidelines. You know, we have physics and we have science and NASA and Stephen Hawking's and like all these things that help explain how our world fits together. It gives us some kind of rules and guidance for that. And I, I'm very much a fan of these things. And I appreciate that we have very smart people that exist who help make sense of this world so we can continue to function and we can continue to build on that. And I think that maybe one of the reasons we like this is because we recognize just how we can be very inconsistent and we have this system that brings us some consistency. I think we're all longing to be consistent in our inconsistencies. And I bring all this up because I'm also a person of faith. And I think that to believe in the divine is to believe in something outside of how we understand the world, how it normally works. And at the heart of the Christian faith is that the, the, the divine stepped into our world. That's kind of like one of the main core things we believe. We have this world guide, guided by science, and yet the divine stepped into that. And when we try to make sense of all of that, it's not always going to line up. It's not always going to feel uh, consistent with how we understand that the world works. And so when it comes to just understanding faith and theology and how we make sense of it all, there's going to at times be some gray. That doesn't mean there can't be black and white with some things, but it also means in a lot of the areas, like we have to be okay with the gray, that things aren't always going to line up how we want them to be when it comes to like scientific principles. Uh, faith involves mystery. Faith involves a paradox, and I think we all need to be okay with that. And so for something like the virgin birth, I think 
We can try to come up with some long, complicated set of boundaries with what we need to believe about this. Or we can say, you know what? Like, I'm not going to pretend to understand all of this, but I think I can be on board with the idea that God works in our world in ways that don't always make sense. And hopefully that's an idea that we can all get behind and endorse. And to continue in with that, I think that the the virgin birth uh, points to a spiritual uh, transformation in our lives. Uh, The virgin birth points to how spiritual transformation works in all of our lives. That is to say, we can be like Mary, and we can have some agency in wanting to better our lives. I think we all have our part to play that that we say we want to follow Christ, we want to try to better follow God, we want to follow the ways of God in our world. And we have agency in that, and we can make a decision to do that. And yet there's also something supernatural working in our hearts and our souls as well, that the Holy Spirit indwells us and pushes us and moves us in ways that we maybe don't always get or don't always understand. And I think that's kind of what the virgin birth points to. Like, that's how spiritual transformation works in our lives. We have a part to play, but God steps in and does something in our, in our lives as well. And so as a person who is trying to be shaped by Christ, you can realize there are changes I want to make in my life. When I read about the story of Christ, there are things that I want to do. You know, I want to be kinder to like a coworker that I don't really like. And it's a decision I can make. You know, I want to be more generous with my finances or my stuff. You know, I realize there's a spirit of generosity that I read about in the New Testament. That's just like a decision I can make. You know, I want to maybe uh, restore some sort of broken relationship in my life. That's a decision that we make and we, we take action towards that. You know, take your pick. As people on a faith journey, I hope we're always on that goal of seeking out Christ-likeness in, just the, in the various aspects of our lives, taking those next steps, having that agency and saying, yes, I want to do this. Uh, but um, so that's, again, that's something we have a choice and a decision that we do. And yet there are also times in our lives where we feel something happen in our hearts. We feel something happens in our souls, we, and we don't exactly know where that comes from. You know, maybe a person comes to mind you haven't talked with in a while, and something says, like, I need to reach out to them. I need to check in on them. I need to, like, say a prayer for them. I need, maybe something's going on in their lives. Maybe we don't know where that came from. Maybe that's God working in our lives. Maybe you feel like you need to speak an encouraging word to someone you don't know very well, but something is on your heart. Like, I'm going to give them a call and just say something positive to them. Maybe that's God working in our lives. Maybe you need to uh, find yourself forgiving someone who caused deep pain, and you're you're thinking, like, I don't even know if I'm in a place where I can even, like, like, make sense of all that, but something is on my heart where I realize, oh, I think I need to do that. I think that's God working in our lives. Maybe it's realizing that you need to not be so hard on yourself and realize I'm called to show kindness to the world, but I need to be kind to myself. And that's something that you, uh, it's hard for like you to make sense of all that, but maybe that's God working in your heart and your life saying like, it's okay to be kind to yourself as well. And you're, you're not exactly sure where this comes from. There's some sort of newness in your life, some sort of newness in your soul that comes from the outside. And so maybe that's the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. Maybe that's God beginning something new in you. And so like Mary in the virgin birth, we have our part to play when it comes to living out our faith. We have a say in what goes on. Uh, but there's also the outside working of God in our lives as well. And in talking about that, 
that doesn't make sense. <laughs> there's a paradox and there's a mystery there. And I think that the more that we're open to that, the more that we're able to open to the spirits working in our lives to transform things. And so let's dialogue about our theology and let's continue to dialogue about what we believe about things. But let's not get so caught up in our theology that we miss out on the transformative and mysterious power of God working in our hearts and our minds and our lives as well. And so I think the virgin birth, is, it's a great example of what transformation looks like in all of our lives. You know, we're trying to be faithful by ourselves. We're trying to like do this with our brains and our lives, but we're also empowered by the Spirit in ways that we could never imagine. And so, like Mary, may, we, we may have our legitimate questions and our doubts, and we can say, how can this thing possibly come to be? And as God continues to speak in, in our lives in small ways, in powerful ways, we also come to a place where we, like Mary, can say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So the virgin birth speaks to transformation in our lives and let us uh, live this day out. Thank you for listening to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in finding out more about our church, feel free to reach out to us at any time. Our contact information is provided at www.pbcob.org.